0: Welcome back to my book review podcast, Unknown Friends, where I discuss books, new and old, that I happen to be reading. I'm always looking for reading recommendations, so if you have a favorite book or author, or just a book you're curious about, please feel free to message me and suggest a work for me to review in future. You can contact me through Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at kittywham at gmail.com. That's my business email for Kittywam Productions. Speaking of, quick announcement. I, I just want to spread the word about this deal. So you know I'm a playwright, and Kitty Wham Productions is my publishing company and website where my scripts are available for purchase. And seeing as how we're entering October, that's wild... I know it's now the time when schools and churches like mine are starting to plan their Christmas programs. That seems far, far away, but Christmas is less than three months from now, so it is already time to begin preparing. Anyway, in view of that, my Christmas play scripts are all 20% off this week through Saturday night, October 3rd at midnight. I have six different Christmas dramas of various lengths and styles, some designed for kids and some for young adults to perform. So I'll just put the link to my website in this episode's description. And if you happen to be interested, you can find the details about this 20% off sale and all my Christmas dramas there on the website. All right. Now let's get on with the book review. I told you last week I would be discussing Ernest Hemingway's classic novella, The Old Man and the Sea, today. Now I surprised myself when I chose to read this, mainly because I had always thought this novella would be thoroughly dull, and I've always kind of rolled my eyes at Hemingway in general without having much knowledge of him to back up my, uh, dismissive attitude. In fact, I shocked my sister with this choice as well. I was talking with her on the phone last week uh, after episode 22 was released, and she'd heard me announce that I would be reviewing The Old Man and the Sea. And she brought it up when we were talking, and she said, I heard you say that. And I thought, is she out of her mind? So I I guess, a, uh, a less-than-glowing opinion of Ernest Hemingway and this novella runs in the family. At any rate, I did read it, and I was surprised at how interesting and even gripping the story was. I don't want to go deep into Hemingway's life today, mostly because he didn't have a super great life, by all accounts, and I have no desire to depress everyone listening to my podcast. So here are just the very basics. Ernest Hemingway was an American writer, of course, one of our most distinctive and influential writers of the 20th century. He was born just on the cusp of the century in 1899 in Illinois, And he was first a journalist before becoming a fiction writer. He traveled a lot throughout his life. He was very adventurous. And he served multiple times as a war correspondent in the Spanish Civil War in the 1930s and later in World War II. And so all those experiences deeply affected his writing, as you can imagine. He wrote and published seven novels along with many, many short stories and some nonfiction, and a couple of his most famous works, which you may be familiar with, are A Farewell to Arms, and For Whom the Bell Tolls, and of course his last major work of fiction, The Old Man and the Sea. But his personal life is what's sad. He drank heavily throughout his life, he was married four times, the first three all ending in divorce, And his life ended in 1961 when he committed suicide. He shot himself just a couple weeks before his 62nd birthday. His father had also committed suicide back in 1928, also by shooting himself. And sadly, years after Ernest Hemingway died, two of his siblings also took their own lives and later one of his granddaughters. So... Tragic stories there. I I know very little about the causes of all of these heartbreaking events, but I think it's clear Ernest Hemingway was troubled, and it wasn't just him, sadly. There seemed to have been, you know, problems perhaps in the family. But be that as it may, I'm not going any further into Hemingway's biography. I want to focus today on his writing, and in particular on The Old Man and the Sea. So I've said it's a novella. Depending on the edition you get, it's only maybe 120-130 pages long. So It's short, it's classic, it's Hemingway. It's kind of a must-read, and so I'm a little ashamed this was my very first time reading it. I've not read any of Hemingway's other novels. I have read a couple of his short stories, and frankly, I wasn't a huge fan of them. Um, apologies, To my American literature professors at Hillsdale, especially Dr. Franklin, I really loved your class, but I loved other readings more than Hemingway's stories. (laughs) Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge was cool. Faulkner was interesting. Uh, Death of a Salesman was fascinating. Robert Frost is always amazing. (sighs) But The Old Man and the Sea is, I think, the first piece of work by Hemingway I can honestly say I enjoyed. It really does everything a story should do in a very concise way. And one more note before I describe what it's about. The Old Man and the Sea both was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for fiction in 1953, the year after it was published, and it helped win Hemingway the Nobel Prize for literature the following year. And from what I've read, it really revived Hemingway's reputation as a writer, which had started to decline a bit. And it deeply influenced how contemporary and future generations evaluated his whole body of work. So I can only evaluate The Old Man and the Sea on its own, since I have not read his earlier novels, but I will tell you what I thought of this one novella. So it is about, if you can't guess, an old man and the sea. But it's also about a boy and a fish and sharks. I've heard the first line of this book quoted so many times, and it's it's been quoted as a great example of an opening line that tells you immediately everything you need to know. You have your main character, you have your situation, and you have a problem confronting the main character. So the first line is this, he was an old man who fished alone in a skiff in the Gulf Stream, and he had gone 84 days now without taking a fish. Simple and direct, which is Hemingway's signature style. So the old man's name, as we soon learn, is Santiago, and he lives in Cuba, though I believe he's uh, Spanish by birth. He is a skilled, experienced fisherman with... But his luck has been very poor lately, and so he's not caught a fish in 12 weeks. Now, in the past, he has had a kind of apprentice, a boy who fished with him and helped him a great deal, since uh, Santiago is obviously an old man. It's kind of in the title. But... During this long, dry spell, the boy's parents have insisted that he work on a different fishing team because Santiago's luck has run out. He's old, and the boy needs to work where there is a future for him. Now, the boy would rather fish with the old man who has taught him so much and whom he loves dearly, so he helps him in the little ways that he can, but he's not allowed to actually fish with him anymore. So the 85th day dawns, and old Santiago goes out on his skiff yet again, determined to catch a great fish if he can. And to get a brief but uh, eloquent vision of Santiago's character, his inner character, all you need to read, really, is the third paragraph of this book, which is just a single sentence. Hemingway writes, Everything about him was old, except his eyes, and they were the same color as the sea, and were cheerful and undefeated. Now that description is essential, and we'll come back to it in a minute when we discuss the book's themes. But the plot continues fairly simply, and the work is so short I can't say much or I'll already be spoiling the ending. But um, the old man fishes, he remains out at sea for a couple of days... He encounters a a glorious fish, a huge marlin, and he strives to catch it. Now, in one sense, it's the story of Santiago versus the marlin. In another sense, it's Santiago and the marlin against a number of sharks, which appear later. And so to encompass both of those struggles, I think Hemingway chose to title the novella simply The Old Man and the Sea, and probably he chose it for other reasons as well. But what elevates such a simple plot line to make this story worth reading and worth apparently being awarded a Pulitzer Prize? I think fundamentally, it is the character of the old man. He is sympathetic and he's admirable. Now, let me deviate for a moment. Well, not deviate, but um, dig in. I want to comment on what makes a fictional character sympathetic. This is, I guess, a a cross between literary analysis and just writing advice. Uh, It's story theory, which is one of my favorite topics ever. Why do stories and characters affect us the way they do? So what makes a character sympathetic? Well, uh, speaking broadly, it's a combination of weakness or vulnerability and strength. So in this case, we feel for Santiago in part because he is old and alone and unlucky. But that can only extract so much sympathy from us. What gets us solidly on his side is the fact that he's also skillful and resolute despite his difficulties. You create a character who is wholly weak or wholly strong... And we don't care about him nearly as much as when you combine the two. And then further, Santiago is a thoughtful and a feeling person. He cares. He enjoys things and dreads things. And so he's very human and relatable. And Hemingway lets us share closely in his thoughts and emotions throughout the story. That's what sustains our interest in the old man and our sympathy for him. At first, he has a very simple goal to catch a fish. But as the plot progresses and Hemingway gets us close up and attuned to every tiny development in Santiago's experience, we follow his little moment by moment goals and we care even about them. So, first we have to find a fish worth catching, and then we have to stay with it, get it to take the bait. And then we, we watch its behavior and we want Santiago to be able to handle the fish perfectly on the line. And then we come to care even about the fish itself. It too is a, a sympathetic character, interestingly, uh, but I won't go into that. And then with Santiago, we dread the sharks and want him to be able to battle them victoriously. And we're just so in sync with each and every hope and fear of Santiago's as he fights this long struggle on the sea. So all that to say, he makes the book. Because the odds are against him, and in that sense he is weak, and yet he stands up to all the odds and faces every challenge with spirit and strength, that's why we care about him and we care about his story. And that leads me to the theme or themes of this novella. Now, Hemingway is famous for a uh, just-the-facts-ma'am kind of approach to writing, and he didn't like people trying to read into his writing in a symbolic or an allegorical way. He said he simply tried to write stories and people in a real way, and he wanted the meaning to just be intrinsic to the realities he portrayed. But at least in The Old Man and the Sea, I think he's pretty direct with the meaning. I I won't say the meaning behind, but in the story. So there's no need to try to read it symbolically. I think he makes it pretty clear, the, the truth, the reality that he is showing. And that is, it's possible to be in a sense defeated, but be victorious at the same time. Or more specifically, a man's spirit need not be conquered, even if it looks like he and his objectives have been thwarted. There's something heroic and indomitable about the human spirit in Hemingway's portrayal of Santiago and his fight on the sea. Remember, in that first description of Santiago, Hemingway described his eyes as cheerful and undefeated. And the old man explicitly states pretty much the theme in this story. He says at one point, man is not made for defeat. A man can be destroyed, but not defeated. That's what The Old Man and the Sea is about. And on a related note, I have to quote one more line from the novel, which I think is excellent advice, and just a further example of Hemingway's writing style as well. So Santiago tells himself at one point in the story. Now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. And that's so true for for every situation in life. And speaking of Hemingway's writing style, I'm intrigued by the simplicity and effectiveness of his words and sentences. Take that quote, for instance. It's just two short sentences entirely composed of very basic, um, all single syllable words. Now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. So it's sort of understated and incredibly practical and straightforward and most importantly true. And that's why it's powerful. Now, I can't speak for the rest of Hemingway's works, but certainly in The Old Man and the Sea, I really enjoyed his plain, almost Spartan writing style, and I thought it worked really well for the story. And while I very much enjoy other writing styles, even more poetic, um, lush styles when they're executed well, for this context, the no-nonsense approach was fitting, And it works because of Hemingway's skillful choice of what precisely to describe. So the how of his descriptions is very basic, but the what is thoughtful and significant. He makes note of small but meaningful details, and he shares meaningful bits of dialogue, including quite a lot of the old man Santiago just talking to himself So Hemingway avoids being dramatic. He doesn't embellish when he writes. He just states the exact relevant facts. And that in itself makes his writing powerful. It's uncluttered, undistracted. Everything that's there is important and teaches you about the characters and moves the story forward. So, yes, I indeed found The Old Man and the Sea to be... Remarkably compelling, and I absolutely recommend it. Now, I should make it clear I think the short length of this story is one of its strong points, Um, meaning, in part, I don't think I would enjoy it nearly as much if it were somehow twice or three times as long. I'm not sure if I would find Hemingway's writing style compelling for the duration of a long work but his style totally works in my opinion for a novella really everything about this story is executed well hemingway chose the right setting and conflict he definitely created the right character to connect to his reader and the length and writing style perfectly complement all the other elements now from the little i've already said about hemingway's life I think it's clear he did not have the same worldview that I do. Um, Not even close, I suspect. So I'm not recommending this work as a life guide. But in its own way, it is inspiring. And it certainly affirms strength of character in the face of suffering and setbacks. And it affirms endurance and compassion and humility. And beyond that, it's fascinating from a writing perspective in the way it accomplishes everything a good story should and does so with incredible efficiency. So I definitely think there's a lot to learn from this novella. I'm not 100% sure it should be taught in high school as it sometimes is, not because there's anything um, inappropriate in the story, but just because I'm not sure high school is the right age to understand what the story offers or appreciate it. At least I'm pretty sure if I had read it in high school, I would have thought it was kind of boring, which is now not at all what I think. I'm just not sure I would have had eyes to see its merits when I was in high school. But maybe that was more my problem than anything else. I'm sure some high schoolers would enjoy it, probably boys especially, or, or anyone interested in um, animals, fishing, survival, etc. I mean, a man fights sharks. That is, that is pretty cool, you have to admit. So that's all I have today for my review of The Old Man and the Sea. Looking ahead, next Wednesday, I am so looking forward to returning to one of my all-time favorite authors, Charles Dickens. It, it seems impossible to me that I've only reviewed one of his novels so far on the podcast, his, his first novel, The Pickwick Papers, way back in episode four in May. But I am now making my inevitable periodic return to 19th century British literature next week. I'll be reviewing Dickens' novel Little Dorrit. This is a wonderful classic book. It's long, but it's so worth the effort, and I'm excited to share it with you a week from today on October 7th for my next book review. I hope you join me then. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and thanks so much for listening.